Hey everybody. Hello. Welcome to another side quest. Today we are going to be talking about some of the differences between old school JRPGs and modern JRPGs. Now it should be pointed out, especially in a genre this difficult to define, that all of these are guidelines. There's exceptions to every one of these. So if I say uh, modern JRPGs have less backtracking than old school JRPGs, don't immediately feel like you need to be like, um, excuse me, sir, what about this one game where you do a lot more backtracking <laughs> and it came out last year? There are exceptions to everything. The discussion we're having is along the lines of more likely, less likely, yeah. as opposed to any definitive. So I've written some down here that we can go through. I'm sure Russ has many in his head, and Russ will have ideas on the ones that I've written down. So um, if it sounds like I'm reading a list for part of it, it's because I am. <laughs> uh, so one of the first things I have is visible encounters are more common in modern JRPGs. Yeah, definitely. Older JRPGs were more likely to have invisible random encounters. Right. Which was just a limitation of the technology. You couldn't have an NES game and have bunch of monsters running around the field. Except you will still see modern games do this, though. Yeah. So, even though I... I'm not sure if it necessarily was created that way because it was a limitation, but it... what For whatever reason it started, it's become... It became part of the fabric of the genre. Right. Uh, and I, I what love... What is the last... What is the most modern game you've played that has... Invisible encounters? Invisible encounters Gosh, that you can think of. I wish you hadn't... <laughs> because I was thinking about it as you said that. I know I've seen it, but I can't for the life of me. Uh, Resonance of Fate had them. Okay. So that's PS3. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the most, just, just off the top of my head, most recent that I can think of is like Bravely Default and Bravely Second. Um... 3DS. Yeah, but those are also meant to be more of a retro style. They are, yeah. And and that's why those are also going to break rules, too, because they're meant to evoke the the older generation. Um, yeah. Octopath Traveler, but again, that was evocative yeah, of retro Traveler games. Yeah, Traveler had it. So, now, so I think now it's kind of become kind of a throwback thing. Like, yeah. people are putting it in games thinking that you will think that it's fun and cool and nostalgic. I definitely prefer visible encounters. Because yeah, then I feel like I've got an option whether or not I want to fight that particular monster at this time. Right. Another difference, I, I, I threw this out as my example. I feel like there's a lot less backtracking in modern JRPGs. Modern JRPGs are more likely to, you beat the boss and somehow or another you find a shortcut or a teleportation back to the beginning yeah, of the dungeon. Right, exactly. Uh, fast travel is going to be much more likely, which means less backtracking. I also give you bravely defaults <laughs> i've just i've kind of been replaying those games recently and just keep thinking about them because you do have to have a teleport stone to get out of dungeons after you finish oh, the boss oh no and then of course there's the whole time loop thing in the first game yeah talk about backtracking but uh there is less oh sorry status effects so this is getting poisoned, or being put to right. sleep, or dizzy, or angry, or diamondized, uh, petrified. All of these things, it's more common in newer games for that effect to 
end when combat ends. Yeah. Right? I can't remember the last modern game where at the end of the combat I was like, oh, that's right, so-and-so was poisoned. I gotta cure that poison or he'll take damage every step. Yeah. Whereas that was definitely the way it originally was. Definitely. And I don't know when we made that shift. I'm glad we made that shift. Definitely. Uh, but I don't know what prompted us to make that shift unless it was just to make the games easier. Yeah, I can't really think of a reason why they would have done that. I, I noticed that some games it'll be um, it'll be specific to the ailment. Like paralysis will be healed after battle, but poison won't. Or something like that. Uh, there's a lot less grinding in modern games generally. Oh, definitely. When I'm playing a modern game, I find, as long as I don't run for many battles, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of have the mentality of encounter every enemy once. Yeah. Um, you know, clear out the board, but right. then don't run around grinding. I find, generally, you can beat the game without much of a yeah. problem. Which, again, I feel like is a, is just because games are longer now, and because there's more to a game, and because you're not going to be spending... Games are not so, so opaque you're going to be spending all this time trying to figure them out. So they want you to keep moving forward. Always, always, always keep moving forward. Yeah, and I think we talked about, like, Dragon Quest 1. If it weren't for the padding, that game would be two hours yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how would you feel if you paid all that money for a game that was two hours oh, long? Oh, definitely. And definitely back in the day before there was regulation on those prices, you <laughs> might pay $100 for Dragon Warrior 1. So that does feel like a direct result of technology. We can fit more actual content yeah. into a game, so we ne- we can have less grinding. Mm-hmm. Modern games are also... And this one, so far they've mostly been positive. This one, I, I, I'm i not sure if it's positive or not, but they're less likely to have a world or an overworld map. Mm-hmm. You are more likely now to go from screen to screen to screen to screen. Right. You don't exit a town and see the world that you're walking around. Yeah. Or even hop in an airship and see the world. Right. I would venture to say that that is... There was a time period where that was a negative, and that time period was like the 2000s, when you had like Final Fantasy X or thirteen, where you just kept walking in a straight line over and over and kind of going from screen to screen. I would say as time has gone on, games have gotten better about handling not having the overworld. I would not say that that is a negative at this point. We've certainly gotten used to it. We've gotten used to it. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake did a good job of the way that it... Well, that's not even a fair comparison. That's because really not, because you're really just in Midgar. You're in Midgar, yeah. But the, the... I would say Final Fantasy XII did a really good job of like linking the areas together. I suppose. Yeah, you just don't like Final Fantasy XII no, for whatever godforsaken reason. Uh, modern games are more likely to have adjustable difficulty. Yeah. Dragon Quest... Can you imagine Dragon Quest 1 through 6 where you can go, Oh, I'd like to play it on easy mode. Right. Final Fantasy 4 on, is on easy mode, let's it be is, honest. Yeah, I'm like, that is easy mode. Uh, games did not have... And I don't know... That doesn't seem something that's that hard to implement. You just, you know, uh, attacks deal more damage, enemies have less health. Yeah. There's your adjustable difficulty. Right. But it is something I think that's... that started to happen as game genres started to merge together anyway, because there's kind of an argument that every game is kind of an RPG now, because every game has, like, a skill tree. 
it is very hard to define what is and is not a JRPG, and we're going to have another discussion on that. And I think this is something that bled over from other, from like action games. I uh, the length of a game is more likely to be much longer in a modern JRPG, uh, especially in like the last year. We're seeing. 80 to 100 hours is starting to become the norm of a triple A JRPG. And that's why I only really play RPGs now, because I just don't have as much time, but it's my favorite genre. So I actually sat down with myself a few years ago, and I was like, here are your two options, Russ. You can stop playing a bunch of RPGs, and you can try to get into, like, fighting games or whatever, or you can basically just abandon every other genre that exists, <laughs> and you can continue to play virtually every RPG that comes out, and I decided on the latter. Well, and here's what's interesting, though, because your default immediate uh, response is to say this is probably also due to technology being advanced. Mm-hmm. You can fit more in. But then I put to you Dragon Quest Seven. Right, sure. That was a PS1 game with over 100 hours of content. Yeah. So from the PS1, it was possible to have games this long. It was just not a path that was chosen. Right. And I wonder at what point these companies started going, no, we will take the time to make the story this long. My personal thoughts on this, maybe an educated thought, maybe a dumb thought, I don't know, is that companies want to monopolize there's more competition between companies with their different games and they want to monopolize more of your time so they want to make games longer it's why games i know this isn't an rpg but it's why games like assassin's creed have all of that dlc and the and the loot box thing that's why like loot boxes are a thing because every company wants to make their game monopolize the most amount of your time well how can a jrpg do that is it can just be so long that it's like it never ends. The Assassin's they can Creed, it's it almost so many side quests. It's almost at the point where by the time you finish all the possible content for an Assassin's Creed, oh, the yes, next one's the out. The next one is out. But you mentioned Ubisoft side wants quests. you to only play Assassin's Creed for the rest <laughs> of your life. You mentioned side quests, which was a very clever segue because yeah. modern games are more likely to have collectibles and yeah. side quests. Yes, because they are trying to keep you on that game for as long as possible. I think it's because we learned trophies and achievements yeah. was an experiment right. that took off. Turns out people like that positive reinforcement yeah. and collectibles and side quests are a way to accomplish something without even moving the story forward. Yeah. Which is very foreign to me. I, by the way, am not one of those people. I don't understand the trophy people. I mean, you do you. Like, you do whatever you want to do. But I absolutely do not understand the platinum trophy people. Platinum trophy, no. But I do... I like getting a trophy because it's. I feel like yeah. I'm getting somewhere. I'm accomplishing I don't even something. Li- I have it turned off because I don't want to say... I don't care. I want to play the game like I want to play the game. Well, now you're an alien to me. And if I want to play... I know it's not a P at PlayStation game, but if I want to play Bravely Default with four black mages and never use any of the other classes, I don't want a trophy being like, oh no, you're not playing the game correctly. <laughs> Let me, because you need a trophy for maxing out every class or whatever. Um, modern games are less likely to have inventory management. Mm-hmm. Inventory management is never fun. This is the one thing Earthbound does badly. 
is it has yeah. this limited character inventory management. You have to sort those peanut cheese bars. Somebody out there must love inventory management, and I would not be surprised to find out that there was an indie game that was just inventory <laughs> management, like the Atelier series is just time management. There's a there's an indie RPG that is just about trying to organize a raid in a fake MMO. That's very clever. <laughs> so I'm sure there I is like one that. just about inventory management. Modern games are more likely to have some form of replayability. Speaking of the inventory management, we need oh, to go okay. back to that sure, just sure. for a second. You know what does bother me about modern games what? and inventory management? I'm like the cranky person on this podcast. That's fine. The thing, the one thing that does bother me is when you get a new item and you get a little pop-up on your item menu that says new. And then you have to go into your item menu and then you have to go find that item. And next to that item it says new. And then you have to hover over that item to get the new to go away. <laughs> I don't need a reminder every time I get an item that I have a new item. But what if you didn't really catch the name in the pop-up? You're like, oh, I got an item. I don't know what it was, though. I don't care. I would find it if I needed it. <laughs> so let's, let's stop that, game companies. Let's not do the new pop-up. I'm going to ask you to somehow figure out a way to do it twice as much. <laughs> Just to frustrate Rob. That was my. That is my complaint about inventory in new games. Uh, yeah, modern games. Usually, it's the whole group has access to one inventory, yeah. a group inventory, and it's infinite in capacity. Yeah. Uh, there might be limits on individual items, mm -hmm. but there's no. Oh, if I want to pick that up, I better drop something else. Yeah. So, like I was saying, modern games more likely to have some form of replayability, either via, like, a new game plus, yeah. or with branching decisions or branching romance options. Yes, branching there, romance options. Of old school JRPGs, uh, there is not a lot of replayability to Dragon Quest 1. Like, no. by the time you beat Dragon Quest 1, you've experienced everything there yes. is to experience. Final Fantasy 1 had a little bit, because you could play with the job classes. Yes. Final well, Fantasy. That's why job systems are so good. But Final Fantasy two, Final Fantasy three had job had classes. Had job classes, yeah. Okay. And then four didn't, which is a big reason why four still a great game, still a great game. It has but it less has replayability. Dropped because the replayability is not yeah. there for that one. Yeah. So, and then even though Chrono Trigger gave us the new game plus on the Super Nintendo, yeah, it still was not normal even in the ps1 era like right Chrono now, was just really ahead of what it was doing now new game plus is kind of standard yeah but two generations ago it wasn't even though it came it came up five generations ago yeah six five five so um yeah people companies want you to play the game over and over they and really experience do. more Again, they want to monopolize your time. Right. They want you to play their game. Modern JRPGs are more likely to be clear in their direction in terms of where you should go next. I'm not saying they're necessarily more linear, but the games right. are much clearer in terms of, okay, hey, we need to go investigate what's going on at Name of Town here. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the older games, it was just kind of walk around and hope you find a town. Yeah. And maybe one person in the town will be like, 
there's a town to the southeast. Okay, I hope I can find yeah. it. Um, Dragon Quest Eleven did a great thing that I wish that more modern games need to accept, mm-hmm. and that is the previously on screens. Oh, yeah. Because we're adults now. (laughs) Sometimes life prevents us from getting to our games for weeks at a time. Yeah, you go a long time. And then you log in and it's like, what was I doing? Dragon Quest XI says, well, you just beat this monster and discovered this plot twist and you were heading that way. Thank you. (laughs) That is good. That is true. But uh, that's not really the point. The point of this is there's... And I'll argue the other side. I don't necessarily agree with the other side because it's Mm -hmm. not my cup of tea. But I'll do the other side. They do too much hand-holding. Yeah. Modern games don't reward you for just exploring and finding out what's out there. No, they they just lead you by the hand. All right, now you go to the next part of the story. Now the next part. But I feel like that's kind of a way of them being nice with the fact that there's so many games and so many options that you... So that you don't have to wander around for, for hours. It's what turns me off of stuff like Dark Souls. I think because it's... Besides the extreme difficulty yeah. of Dark Souls, it's also like, I don't know that I really have time to go find an umbilical cord with a haiku attached to it and somehow have that tell me what I'm supposed to do next. I think it's a matter of games are becoming more narratively focused. Yeah. The story is becoming more important to the overall gaming experience. And it's hard for that statement to be true... And for the game to be of the, I just wander around and see what happens, and maybe you'll eventually. Uh, we we recently discussed Legend of Mana. Mm-hmm. That is a game without a strong narrative yeah, focus. Yeah. And as a result, you can play that game in just about any order you want. Yeah. You can wander around and just poke in corners and do whatever, because the story is not the point. Yeah. Most JRPGs have, like, doubled down on story, Mm -hmm. which is why I like the genre so much, because I am a story-driven person. It's what I look for in almost any medium that I involve myself. The more linear, and I feel like maybe saying more linear is at odds with more side quests, but what I really am saying is the game is just clearer about... Yeah, it's clearer about its goal. When you step through that door over there, the story will progress. Yeah. I feel like... They're a lot clearer. <laughs> Sorry, Russ made a funny face. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the last item on my list. And it's older JRPGs. And this one could have some debate. But I mm-hmm. felt like I was... My list is not being very complimentary to older JRPGs. So this is something I think is in older JRPGs' favor. They are more likely to be experimental with their plots. Mm, true, yeah. Because the can, uh, the genre was young, right? And when a genre is young, it hasn't quite found its language. Yeah. It hasn't found the rules for how to tell a story. Um, the rules... Cinema has a language, for example. And we all speak it, but we don't know that we do. I had a teacher in high school in my film class who did an amazing experiment to show us all that all movies have a language to them that we understand without knowing that we do. And the difference between a good and bad movie is often one that can follow or maybe bend the rules without just breaking them. 
she played the intro to an old black and white Flash Gordon serial, something that nobody in the class would have seen. Mm -hmm. And this intro was simply the character actor intro, right? So it's five seconds of Buster Crab as Flash Gordon, and you see Flash on screen, and he turns to the camera like in an action pose. Mm -hmm. You saw him for like three seconds, and it did that for the two female leads, the Professor Zarkov. So she played that. Mm -hmm. She paused it, and she said, tell me who these characters are. And based on three seconds, it was very clear Flash Gordon was the hero. He was action-oriented. He was the take-charge, rush-in, throw-some-punches kind of guy because he was portrayed as tough. The blonde female had a softer focus. She was demure. Clearly, this is the love interest. The brunette female, a much sharper focus, much more distinct in her actions, mm-hmm. clearly the manipulative female villain. Okay. And then Zarkov was looking around. Is somebody watching me and sneaking onto a spaceship? A foreign name, and we don't know whose side he's on. He seems a little shifty. Guess what? Those were those characters. Yeah. From three seconds yeah. of film we were able to know everything we needed to know because film has a language and we've all grown up watching it and we speak it without knowing it's there earlier jrpgs it was new it was a new genre it hadn't discovered its language yet so creators were much more likely to experiment with what they could and couldn't do Mm -hmm. can you imagine a triple a modern jrpg doing with its plot, just the plot, forget about the quality yeah. of the game, what Robotrek did. Right. Robotrek started out as, I build robots and fight bad guys. Then it became a time travel story <laughs> where you went into the past and met your father who built robots, or your grandfather. Yeah. Then it turned out your grandfather was actually from another planet, and it became an interplanetary drama. Mm-hmm. Can you see a AAA modern JRPG do that? Well, I cannot. And you know what else is different? How much it dang costs to make a game now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you see anybody throwing money at Robotrek? <laughs> well, and that's part of it, too. Again, like with movies, people complain that movies are all the same. Well, it's because movies are very expensive and studios yeah. don't want to take risks. The innovative and in experimental has gone to the indie scene. Yes. Now, you're and, not going to get a triple... You're not going to get Square Enix deciding exactly to make the another same thing. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing as movies. Yeah. Where if you want something daring and different, go indie. Exactly. You may not like it, but it will be different. Yeah. And again, now that games are so big and cost so much mm-hmm. money... They tend to do it by the numbers, by the rules. So you get less flops, sure, but you also get less chrono triggers. Yeah. Explain to me what happened in the last hour of the Final Fantasy VII remake. And how that got done. (laughs) I'll tell you how that got done. What's that like? That's because Square Enix can't help itself. Square. (laughs) Square can't help itself. Nomura can't help himself. Because he did not want to do a straight remake of 7. He wanted to do a reinvention of 7. And he has been told multiple times by the fans, we don't want that, we want a remake. (laughs) And he's like, no, I want to reinvent it. No, we want a remake, don't change it. So what he did was, he put all of us in the game. We are the shadows whose job it is to try and keep Destiny on track. Yeah, that's so true. 
He put us in there, and then he made the characters fight He made us, us kill ourselves. <laughs> that was his revenge, because he wanted to tell his story, and either he wanted to punish us by having yeah. us fight ourselves, or he wanted to change our minds by assuming we would back our heroes mm, through yeah, whatever their choices sure. were. And if, they're he if the heroes want a new story, we should too. I did not want to win that final boss battle <laughs> because I disagreed with yeah. my heroes. I'm just sitting there going... Barrett would be dead. No, because that wasn't the original game. See, he... That was, again, him trying to change things and then the fans yeah, came in right, as the shadows yeah. and went, hey, don't do that. No, no, no. If he yeah. just stuck with the original game, Barrett wouldn't have been almost dead. Right. Um... <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with our discussion of older and modern JRPGs. Just, just how did a how did a AAA game get away with that? <laughs> get away with that in this day and age on such a beloved property? Because nobody can tell him no. Yeah, that's true. Or it might have been fine. I will make a remake of Final Fantasy you know VII, what another, but I'm going to make it my way. You know what? Another good argument of this is Death Stranding. I've never played it, but I've heard things. How did that happen? Uh, again, because the creator behind yeah. it uh, can't be told no. It's just a weird, like, the exception to the rule. So, uh, But I get, I get exactly what you're saying. I love the filmmaker. Is the indie scene now. I love the film writer Charlie Kaufman. Mm -hmm. I'm a fanboy. I love his movie, except one. The first movie he wrote and directed... Mm -hmm. And I'm going to screw up the name, but it's Sindoki, New York. Okay. It's too much. Well, he was... Was it that he had no editor? That's... There was nobody there to tell him no. Yeah, exactly. He got, he got big enough that nobody could tell him no. And for me personally, it was too much yeah. to enjoy. That's I'm the not Death Stranding thing. I think nobody was there to tell Kojima no. Yeah, nobody dared tell him no. Yeah. And as a result... We got something weird. Now, that's not necessary. There might be people out there who love Sindoki, New York, and there might be people who love Death Stranding. I haven't played it, and yeah. I can't speak to it. So I'm not saying that having nobody to say no automatically makes something yeah, bad. Yeah, right. From that, something amazing could happen. Something ground... A chrono trigger could come out of that. Sure. Or a flop could come out of that. Yeah. But like you said, it is the exception rather than the rule. That's what happens when you have a creator who reaches auteur status. Yes. Where they are a big enough name that them by themselves are the controlling force. Yeah, yeah. And that's not common. Although it may become more common in video games. Video games is still a young media compared yeah. to TV and movies. Yeah. And books. Um, we're about as old as the video game yeah, media. Yeah, it grew up with us. Yes. What will it look like when our grandkids are this old? When our grandkids, they won't even like video games. They'll be like, that's some weird thing that grandma and grandpa do. Or, or it could go the other way. And video games could become such a part of life that even school is somehow game-ized. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, I just want my personal assistant robot. Are there any... That's the end of my list of differences between well, older and newer. That was a good list. Do you have anything you feel I missed? No. That was a... Yeah. That was a good list of differences. I was Now, clearly, from this list, you can tell that I favor modern JRPGs over older ones. Mm -hmm. They are easier to play. They are more narrative-focused. 
I don't play games for the challenge. I play games for the story. I've said it a hundred times. So the the shift of JRPGs over time has been in my favor, yeah. specifically. Now, that said, there are people who hate modern JRPGs because of the shift. They want that old school experience. That's what they still love to this day, and that's fine. I'm not telling you they're wrong. There are people, there's a subreddit for JRPGs on Reddit, and uh, I see people on there who hate turn-based combat. Mm, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> how you can be a JRPG fan and hate turn-based combat. That's what a JRPG is, to me at least. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you were, like, born in 2001. But, now, I'm, I'm saying that for myself, but that doesn't mean they're wrong. Yeah. It, you absolutely can hate turn-based combat and be a JRPG fan, especially now that action-based JRPGs, there's there's enough of them to warrant a fandom. Yeah. Um, so while I'm saying I favor the modern over the older, and that definitely shows in the list, I am by no means saying that that is an objective fact. This is just how these games have changed as I've grown older. Yeah. And these games have grown older. Um, this is the direction I see them going in, and I like it. It is perfectly fine if you saw everything I saw and thought the exact opposite. I just wanted to put that out there. That good. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did. All right. Russ, Russ needs a nap. <laughs> it is time. It is time. Well, it's time to get my blood sugar back up. Okay. We're going to get Russ's blood sugar back up. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening to our yeah. side quest. Feel free to share your thoughts as long as they're not modern hate RPGs you guys. good, bad, old RPGs bad. Don't listen to I'm Russ. I'm just kidding. He's stirring the pot. We'll see you guys later. Enjoy what you enjoy. Love what you. This and is, I won't yuck your yum. This is absolutely my philosophy. As yeah. long as you're not hurting somebody else, yeah. like what you like. Yes. Done. Done. <laughs>